What up, everybody? It's your boy Joshua Edwards, live from live from my parents' kitchen. I sound like I'm a little bit too loud. Live from my parents' kitchen on this chilly Saturday afternoon. Currently, it's 12.15 p.m. I'm recording episode 23 of Joshua's Proximity. I got a lot of stuff that I want to talk to you guys about today. There are some great NFL games on tomorrow, and even some great college football games on tonight, but Nah, to me, college football is starting to turn out to be mid. Some great NFL games on. I actually just placed my first ever Vegas bet, so I'm a little nervous about that. Uh, pick three teams. I'm going to get into that later on. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into episode 23 of Joshua's Proximity. So I believe that the jury has been out on Teddy Bridgewater. Now, a lot of my homeboys have been telling me, Josh, Teddy Bridgewater isn't as bad as you think he is. One of my homeboys in particular, he is a New Orleans Saints fan. Now, we all know who New Orleans has on their team. They have Michael Thomas. They have Alvin Kamara. And, you know, Teddy Bridgewater was throwing the football to them last year. So this season, though, I'm still seeing the same Teddy Bridgewater that I have been seeing for his past six years within the entire NFL. He's a guy that's going to dump down the ball. He's not going to push the ball down the field. He's never had... A passing, he's never had an NFL game where he's thrown for more than two touchdowns in six years. He hasn't thrown for three tubs in one game in six years. Now, okay, I can give you, yeah, he didn't play one full season, so you could say five years, but even with that, 80 games in total? Okay, yeah, he sat behind Drew Brees, but he played five games. So what's that? 69 games he's played in the NFL and he's never thrown for three tubs? What are we talking about? I have been telling everybody since we have signed Teddy Bridgewater, he is not the guy that is going to lead us to the next step. Yes, he's going to be, he's going to be another Alex Smith. He's going to be very cautious with the football. He's going to check it down. He's not going to push the ball down the field. If anybody tuned into the Thursday night football game, the Carolina Panthers versus the Atlanta Falcons, Troy Aikman talked about how Teddy Bridgewater stated that Drew Brees is all about completions. So completions at the line of scrimmage, checkdowns, little five-yard outs to the tight ends. He, I mean, when is he going to push the ball down the field? He pushed the ball at the end of the game to DJ Moore. He goes up and makes a spectacular catch. But, I mean, he has nine touchdowns, six interceptions this year already. Come on, man, we're eight weeks into the season. He is not the guy that I believe will take us to the next step. In this league, it's all about pushing the ball down the field. Now, everybody was telling me how Matt Rule came from Baylor. And we all know Baylor for not having any defense, all offense. They're pushing the ball down the field. Teddy Bridgewater, I'm not seeing it. Nine touchdowns, six interceptions already. In his five years that we talked about earlier, he's only thrown for 14 touchdowns. That's the, that's the most he's ever thrown for in the season. 16 games, 14 touchdowns? What? Come on, what are we talking about right now? Now, I'm not saying he's a scrub or anything like that, but if you look at the first eight weeks of this season, one touchdown, zero touchdown, one touchdown, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, zero touchdowns, two touchdowns, one passing touchdown. Like, what are we talking about? I can't believe it. they got rid of Cam Newton. Now, he's struggling in New England, but that's, that's because they have no targets over there. He's just afraid to push the ball down the field, it looks like to me. Who cares about completion percentage? 
it doesn't matter if you have 72 completion percentage, but you're not putting it in a box. Come on, man, you've been in the league for five years and haven't thrown for three touchdowns once in your career. Panthers, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. We deserve to be three and five. We're playing like we're three and five. I remember that outside zone that Mike Davis ran on fourth and two. A lot of the times we as players, you know, football players and everything, we've got to know when when to not listen to a coach and when to just go and make a play. Like he saw that the, the linebackers, the D-line, everybody was flowing to the right. At some point, you know, you're running out of real estate. So go ahead, stick your foot in the ground, get vertical, man. And I think what makes me mad is because I had the Panthers winning this game, especially the way that Atlanta has not been able to close football games out. I just felt like Teddy Bridgewater, especially this game on national television, with the weapons that we have, I thought, now granted, I did think that Christian McCaffrey was going to come back. But I really believe that he was at least going to take that next step to become our franchise quarterback. And I didn't see it Thursday night. I haven't seen it all season. I haven't seen it his entire career. I believe in all seriousness, he has to be in the right, right system. And even then, I feel like he is a he's a backup quarterback to me, especially in this league, because everybody, everybody can throw the ball down the field. Everybody can fit into tight windows. But in order for Teddy Bridgewater to take that next step, he's got to stop throwing the checkdowns. This is not 2006, man. This is 2020. So let me go ahead and change subjects, though. Now, I know I just stated earlier that I've made my first ever Vegas picks. So my homeboy Heath Marshall hit me up on Twitter and everything. He's like, hey, Josh, you know, I know you know about football, this and that. Uh, You know, how would you like to start putting in money towards, you know, bets and everything? So I was supposed to do it last week, but I was, I was a little bit too nervous. So I actually placed some bets this past week. Um, I got the Vegas beating the – who did the – oh, I got the Vegas beating the Cleveland Browns. I got them over 53 combined points. I got the Pittsburgh Steelers beating the Baltimore Ravens under 47 total points. And I got the Lions over the Indianapolis Colts over 50 points in total. Now, if you don't know how betting odds work, I'm not about to explain it to you because obviously I don't work at Vegas. If I say I'm recording this episode for my mama's, you know, kitchen, parents' kitchen, everything. Um, but if you want to learn how to get into betting odds and everything, I think you just need to go and look it up. And even then, you got to get somebody who who knows how to bet to really understand and break it down, simp- simplify it, so that you can, you know, acquire that knowledge and everything. So, place the bets. I'm a little nervous. I only put up $20, you know, three teams, $20, and I hope that they all win. So, yeah. Last week we had some really good football games. A lot of good games that came down to the wire. The Cardinals impressed me. DK Metcalf was on everybody's Instagram, everybody's Twitter, everybody's Facebook, chasing down Buda Baker. And I've been watching a lot of good football lately. I don't know about y'all, but I have. So everybody knows that I do my top 10 every single week. If you don't know what my top 10 is, every single week I change my 10 best teams, and it's not predicated on records. Obviously, the strength of schedule has a play into it. If somebody beats another team worse than another team, they obviously will get into you know my top 10 power team. So last week, I'm going to read my top 10 from last week. Last week I had the Rams at 10, the Bills at 9, the Bears at 8, 
the Ravens at seven, the Green Bay Packers at six, the Tampa Bay Bucks at five, the Pittsburgh Steelers at four, the Tennessee Titans at three, the Chiefs two, and the Seahawks at one. Obviously, the Seahawks lost, so of course, they're not going to be in the top ten for this week. So heading into the week eight, my top ten teams go as, goes as such. Number 10, I got the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I believe that the 49ers, they've been playing really good football. They're, they're rotating a lot of tailbacks. They're still running the football effectively as if, as if Raheem Moster or Tevin Coleman was actively starting in the roster. They went up to New England, put the beat down on the New England Patriots. It would have been worse if Jimmy G wasn't <laughs> throwing the football to the other team. So right now the the San Francisco 49ers sit at 4 and 3 but they're playing against some really good competition. The NFC West is obviously the best division in football and it's not even close. So you've got to put the 49ers in there at number 10. Number 9, I got another division rival. The Los Angeles Rams. Now there's a lot of questions concerning the play of Jared Goff. If there's not a lot of questions, there's a lot of questions for me cuz he's on my freaking fantasy football team. But I feel like their offense is missing missing something. I'm tired of the bootleg play actions. I'm tired of the the outside zones. I'm tired of the jet sweeps to Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. When are we going to start seeing something different? Now, everybody kept telling me, you know, when the, the Rams went to the Super Bowl, Sean McVay is the next offensive guru. He is flamed out, if you ask me. I'm seeing a lot of the same stuff. They're getting Jared Goff out of the pocket so he can throw on the run. He throws excellent on the run, but what about the times that he has to sit back there in the pocket? He's just, to me, I'm just seeing a lot of regression from the time that they have, you know, went to the Super Bowl and ultimately lost to the New England Patriots or whatever. But I got the Rams at number nine. Number eight, I'm still staying in that same division. It is hard to deny the Arizona Cardinals. Now, they played an excellent game on Sunday Night Football against the Seattle Seahawks. Russell, they forced Russell Wilson to throw p- three picks. They won in overtime. They came back. They played excellent football. Kyler Murray is, right now, he may be in the MVP, you know, MVP discussion. He's got to at least be in there. They're 5-2. They're flaming hot. They're just playing outstanding football, if you ask me. Now, I feel like their offense is also missing a piece. Yes, they got Kenyon Drake, but their offense has to run the ball more effectively. Especially on Sunday night, I would have liked, I would have loved to see Kenyon Drake touching the ball a lot more. I don't know if he got injured or not, but I would have definitely loved to see them run the ball effectively. Especially in that type of game. They got to go and they got to commit to the run, especially deep in the playoffs. At number seven, I got the Green Bay Packers. Now, a lot of people might be wondering... Why are the Green Bay Packers so low on your list, Joshua, at number seven, and they only got one loss? It is hard for me to unsee what I saw against the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Green Bay Packers, they're not as physical. Aaron Jones is still a, he's still in the ice tub. He's hurt right now currently. They don't have another second receiver outside of Devontae Adams. So what's going to happen when he gets double teamed? Obviously, Aaron Rodgers can throw the football wherever he wants to, but they're not really a physical football team. I saw their offense get dominated. Now, we're going to learn a lot about them within the next two weeks. They play the Vikings this week and the 49ers the following week. But I still have a lot of question marks about the Green Bay Packers 
as far as their physicality, especially heading deep into the playoffs. At number six, I got the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this is the team that has the biggest boom, boom, boom question mark, if you ask me. How are they going to play when they are behind? How are they going to play this Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers? How are they going to play when they can't run the football effectively? How are they going to play when Lamar Jackson is getting blitzed from the outsides and he's forced to step up into the pocket? How are they going to play? Are they going to be able to throw the football down the field? Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, they just signed Dez Bryant, but is he? I really hope that he gets activated to the active roster and we can get a little glimpse between um, Lamar Jackson and Dez Bryant to see what type of chemistry and what type of connection they have. But if you ask me, I would have tried to sign. I would have pushed hard to sign Antonio Brown. I would have pushed extremely hard to sign Antonio Brown. The Ravens just have a lot of a lot of question marks going on with them as far as their offensive passing wise. They can run the football. Their defense will play lights out. But we're going to find out a lot about them this Sunday. At number five, I got the Seattle Seahawks. Now, their their defense is abysmal. Jamal Adams is still hurt. They're giving up the second most or the, the most points in the NFL, either in front of or behind the Dallas Cowboys. They're giving up the most total yards in the entire NFL. They can't come off the field. Their defense on third down might be worse than the Tennessee Titans. They cannot get off the field. Now, their offense, let Russ cook. He's been cooking all season right now. He's definitely in the front running for the MVP. At number four, a team that I just literally just talked about, the Tennessee Titans. Now, I really like what the Titans have going on, but their, their defense can't also get off the field. They have a great running game, obviously, behind Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill is looking like an an elite quarterback. He's making all the right decisions. Their their offense can move the ball on anybody. What is their defense? A lot of the times against the Pittsburgh Steelers last week, they couldn't get off the field. And in this league, if you can't get off the field, more more times than likely you're going to lose a football game unless you have an offense like the – Kansas City Chiefs where you can throw the football and score at any given time but I got the Tennessee Titans at number four at number three the team that just beat the Tennessee Titans the Pittsburgh Steelers when you look at the Steelers they might be the most complete team in the NFL they can play defense like no other they can run the football when they have to Big Ben he's a he's a iffy with me he gets real careless with the football from time to time. And, and in a league like this, especially when it's playoffs, we don't need all that razzle-dazzle, man. Just throw, make the right throw. Make the safest throw. There's no need for you to throw the seam when there's two safeties and a linebacker that's running the deep third. Like, what are you looking at? What are you, why are you trying to fit that ball into that space right now? But I really, I'm really loving what I'm seeing out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They definitely deserve that number three spot. But Big Ben is still a huge question mark. Number two, yes, they they have a worse record than the top four teams. But you have to put the Tampa Bay Bucks up there. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been playing lights out. Now, when you take what they did two weeks ago against the Green Bay Packers, 38-10, to 10, 
And then when you take what they did to Las Vegas in Las Vegas, when Vegas beat the Kansas City Chiefs, it's hard to deny the Tampa Bay Bucks. And they just added Antonio Brown? Man, stop playing with me. Their defense is the best defense in football. They still had the GOAT throwing the football. They got all the weapons. Ronald Jones can run the football like anybody. He can catch. He can pass pro. But the thing why they're not number two and not number one is because of their penalties. I think that they're, they've got to clean up some more penalties. They played a, a perfect game against the Green Bay Packers, but I think they had a couple penalties against the Las Vegas Raiders, so that could come back and bite them in the butt. But number one, it's no, nobody else than the Kansas City Chiefs. What they did against the Denver Broncos in the snow, 42 points. Their defense scored a touchdown. Special teams scored a touchdown. And Mahomes only threw for what? Under 200 yards? And they won by over 20 points? The Kansas City Chiefs right now, right now I would have them at 1A. And then the Tampa Bay Bucks are right there. But Kansas City Chiefs, they, they have the best quarterback arguably in football between him and Russell Wilson right now. They have all the speed. They just added Le'Veon Bell. Their defense needs to pick it up a little bit more. They're not as bad as the Seattle Seahawks, but they're not as good as the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you get what I'm saying. They kind of fall in between those two. But at the end of the day, they still have the, the best tight end in football. They have the, arguably the fastest receiving core in the entire National Football League. So I got the Kansas City Chiefs at number one. Let me just go ahead and give you a rerun. Rundown one more time. Number 10. 49ers, number nine, I got the Rams. Number eight, I got the Cardinals. Number seven, I got the Green Bay Packers. Number six, the Baltimore Ravens. Number five, the Seattle Seahawks. Four, the Tennessee Titans. Three, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Two, the Tampa Bay Bucks. And number one, the Kansas City Chiefs. So to close out episode 23 of Josh's Proximity, you know I got to give you my final projections for week eight of the NFL season. I had the Panthers over the Falcons, but they lost, obviously. Packers versus the Vikings. I got Green Bay winning easy. Titans versus the Bengals. I think this game might be a lot closer than people think, but I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. The Jets versus the Chiefs. I already told you (laughs) the past seven weeks, the Jets aren't winning the game. The Colts versus the Lions. I'm actually picking the Lions over the Colts, as I stated earlier in the podcast. Steelers versus the Ravens. I got the Steelers. Um, I believe the Ravens are going to play exceptional football, but I don't I don't believe that Lamar Jackson is going to throw the football like he needs to. Rams versus the Dolphins. I'm kind of leaning towards the Rams. I think it'll be a lot closer than people think. Oh, no, 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 it won't. I believe that it'll be at least a 10-point game. I think Tua getting inserted into the lineup against this Hot, red-hot defense. Um, He's going to have to make the right decisions real fast. I think he's going to be throwing a lot of check downs. He's going to make, obviously, some rookie mistakes. But I got the Rams over the Dolphins. The Patriots versus the Bills. Now, this is going to be the game of the year. I really believe so. Cam Newton is fighting for his entire career this week. He's fighting for his starting job this week. There's a lot of pressure going on Cam Newton. He hasn't been playing good the past couple of weeks. And, you know, that could be because he missed time due to COVID. And he still, for some reason, to me, doesn't look the bo- look doesn't look healthy. He's throwing the football and it's going into the dirt. 
Now, I don't know if he needs to work on his mechanics, but he needs to go back to what he was used to doing. Go go and escape the pocket and go make a play, man. A lot of the times he had a, a free chance to run and he wasn't taking the lane. So I'm going to Patriots in this game. I think that, you know, Cam Newton will rise to the occasion. I think it's going to be a, a smash-mouth football game. It's supposed to be real nasty up there. So I got the Patriots over the Bills. The Raiders versus the Browns. As I stated earlier, I believe that the Vegas Raiders are going to beat the Browns pretty pretty decisively. Um, Baker Mayfield, we don't know exactly what type of quarterback he is. We don't know if he's a bust. We don't know if he's a, a backup. We don't even know if he's a franchise quarterback just yet. Hey, Baker, this is your week. You got to make the statement. I got the, Ra- the Raiders beating you guys, though. Chargers versus the Broncos. I got to ride with the Chargers, 3-3-6. Shout out to Keenan Allen. He's been eating on my fantasy football team. He's been balling the entire season. He's had over a 90, um, according to Pro Football Focus, rating the entire season. And he needs to get some respect. And I hope he gets a lot of respect on the top 100 this year. But I got the Chargers over the Broncos. Saints versus the Bears. I believe that the Bears can win this if Nick Foles plays right. But with that being said, I'm going with the Saints. Um... I just believe that they they get back Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara has been playing out of his mind. He's looking like the offensive player of the year. Now, if they can get some some hits and everything on Drew Brees, I believe that they will win. The Bears will win this game. But I believe Drew Brees will be getting at the ball the ball out of his hands real fast. A lot of screens, a lot of checkdowns to Alvin Kamara. I believe he's going to have over thirty points in fantasy this week. I got the Saints over the Bears. 49ers over the Seahawks, the midday game of the week. Ooh, just looking at this right now, I might have to go with the Seattle Seahawks. Now, they're playing in Seattle. I believe that they'll get Jamal Adams back this week. If they don't, I still believe that Russell Wilson will be effective enough. He's not going to give you three interceptions like he did last week. I believe that he'll win this game. They had some really epic showdowns last year, so this is kind of what I'm expecting this year. I got the Seahawks over the 49ers. The Cowboys versus the Eagles. Now, who really cares about this game? Like, this Sunday night football game, This they should have moved the, the 49ers and the Seahawks to the Sunday night football game and moved the, the, boys, the Cowboys and the Eagles to like a 1 o'clock game, man, because, you know, the Cowboys just look terrible. And the Eagles are going to win this game by at least seven points. Um, but some reason, I don't know where this is coming from. I still feel like the, the Cowboys can pull it off, but I believe that the Eagles will win this game. The Tampa Bay Bucks versus the Giants. Come on, man. If I just had the Bucks at number two, you already know that they're pulling this win off. So with that being said, that concludes episode 23 of Josh's Proximity. Appreciate you tuning in. About to go hit up the mall real quick. Go get freshed up.